Bam. Alrighty. Season finale, Last of Us Season 1. We already know we're going to get Season 2, but before we get to the hopes and dreams and well wishes, <laughs> this is it. This is what we have all been, I mean, me and you, Jordan, we've been hyped since, like, episode 1. Can't wait to see the yeah, end. For real. Um... So you go, go. I want you to take it away because yeah. this is this is yeah, your baby. So. I wish it was my baby. Shit, I wish I made. <laughs> I wish I made this show, guys. Uh, that'd be great. But um, no, I mean I. So I'll start with the episode and then I'll go whole season first. This episode, um, I the like the anticipation I had. We've been talking about it this whole time. Um, was like at a peak, and I was just like, oh shit, I can't wait to see how they do it. Just so like I was excited the whole way through. You know what I mean? Just like edge of my seat like fuck how are they gonna are they gonna stick to the script are they gonna go off a little bit like what was it they that they stuck to the script pretty much right one like one for one um but i loved it i loved the execution i'll get into like why i love certain things as we go forward um but i loved it um and then taking a step back to the whole season um there's like a few things that i'm like i would have liked to see more that I hope that I think can be addressed in season two and we can get into mm. that a little bit more too. But as a whole, I I'm like all about this show. I fucking I'm thrilled by it. I thought they did a great job all the way through staying true to the source material, deviating where they needed to. Um, and I think where it helped minus maybe the, um, the Christine arc part. But other than that, I'm just like, they nailed it. And I'm super excited for more video game adaption content. I thought it was good. Last season or last episode was good. Um, I liked how it wrapped up. I liked some of the cinematography with it. Um, I looked like it. I don't remember. I remember when I watched some of the the cut scenes from the original game. Uh, that it looked a lot like this. And I think there's some high fidelity going on there uh, that I enjoyed, and I liked the conclusion. I have thoughts about the, the s- series as a whole, um, but I imagine we'll swing around and get there. Yeah, I think we'll, we'll do that for like the la- later half of, the, of this final episode. Um, so from there, we, I think we can really just start with like the episode. Um, I mean, they really... Like you said, Jordan, they stuck almost scene for scene or beat for beat for the like last final arc of, of the game. And I think this was the right call, and I'm really glad to do that. Um, I will say that Bella Ramsey de- definitely pulled off kind of like kind of what I was expecting, but even more so, like ramped up the like traumatization of the epi- end of episode eight and how she's kind of like in her own shell, kind of in her own head and not really sure, like kind of lost faith in humanity, I guess is probably the best way to to put it um which i totally wasn't really expecting that but i'm um, it makes sense given the context and then joel feeling like an actual dad for once <laughs> he's like hey hey i want i want to like i want you to know me can you know me like like now he's the annoying one <laughs> yeah that was hilarious their roles like reversed it's the beginning yeah. part like now she's kind of just like yeah cool not much to say traumatized you know that was hilarious. Um, right, and there's like this sense of foreboding. Yeah, you know, like she seems to know that everything's coming to an end and she's withdrawing within herself. And then he's being such a dad and being like, just like trying to cheer her up and like talk, bringing her the board game. Yeah. I was like, oh yeah. 
<laughs> he's like, hey, I thought we could play a game one day. Like, you know, you want you want to play a game with me with your your pop? Right. Right. And he does the lighting where he's like, if you ever want to beat me at something, you know, this is it. <laughs> right. I was like, he's being such a dad. <laughs> Fully came out of him right then. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, and then I don't remember what you might remember this, Jordan, because Joe had asked me about it. But when he tells the story about like you know with the scar he has on his head. Did they mention that in the game? I couldn't remember. Like, did that interaction happen? I can't remember. I think they do. I think, I think some of the dialogue was a little different. I thought he's. I, I might be wrong, but I thought in the game he said like straight up like I like love you like a dad or something like that. I thought that's not what I remember. But again, this was ten years ago, so I don't. I might make yeah. Um, like I, I'm gonna be honest. Like most of this ending sequence is really blurry to me. Like I remember because I saw people put pictures of the draft. I know I'm jumping forward. Most of what I remember about this sequence is the is the hospital stuff. Yeah. Like that's really what is the climax for me of this entire experience. Yeah. Um, and so I don't really remember a whole lot of like the other beats of this. Like I don't remember Joel being the one who com- tried to commit suicide before, but I guess I mean it doesn't surprise yeah. me that that would be the case. And then I I think what they did here, at least with the game, had more emotional weight just because of how Ellie's character had changed and her reaction to it because. I think she missed the message. And me and you, Joe, had talked about this while watching the episode where she's like, so time heals all wounds. And he's like, mm, no. Yeah. Time is it what did it? Um, yeah. Yeah. Go, go on. I don't if I cut you off. Go. No, go ahead. That, that was an interesting part because I'm interesting why, uh, how you guys saw it that way. I took it as like they both are sentimental people. Like they're kind of like we're not gonna say what we really feel because that's fucking weird. Yeah, like yeah, you love me. Yeah, that's weird. You know what I mean? Like I feel like that's how they would react to Joel. So that's her like, dude. So I feel like the way they communicate that is kind of like times out. What did it? She just like I feel you. <laughs> like that's all it is. Um. So I thought it was like I felt the the heart in it without it being out of character that's just how i perceived it um that's interesting you guys saw it differently so yeah part of it for me was that i thought because of her experiences with the the cabin she was just like because she's like stuck in like that experience so she's not even thinking about like how to process this thing like even thinking about how joel is even how he's changed his journey because like i think they're both feeling the end coming but they're both responding to it differently given the circumstances. Because especially because Joel just died or almost died, right? So he's like, oh, I get a second chance at this thing. Whatever this thing is. Whereas like Ellie kind of went the other way where she went through this whole thing and I mean, she lost a part of herself by going through this whole thing. She's like, is it, was this really all worth it? At least that's what I feel. It feels like for me. Like, well, I, I think she thinks it's all worth it because she's the one that makes the decision that you have to go through to the end. I can't help get from the, away from the idea that, um, that with this thing coming to it and she's not sure you know, what happens next, a certain amount of like, oh, if this is complete, then do I ever see Joel again? Like, is it, mm-hmm. it is the relationship that they've created predicated on this mission? And then when the mission's gone, then the whole thing dissolves? Like... I think there's some of that going on there. I mean, there's yeah. definitely, you, I don't think one can overstate the previous episode in the way that that concludes, but yeah. like you're pointing out, 
Um, but I think it's kind of this mixed emotions in a, in a way. It's like for the first time, she's sort of falling into herself in this kind of, um, like, oh, all right, well, it's over. Like, it's near, it's, we're here, it's done, it's over. I guess it's almost kind of like Lord of the Rings when Sam and Frodo get to the end of the journey and they're like, hmm, like, it, yeah. what's next? <laughs> yeah. And it's like, you, you can't help but be changed by the journey. Yeah. Yeah. I think something interesting she says to Joel. When he's like, you know, we don't have to do this. You know what I mean? He, I, he's, it's weird because now he's like this like naive optimism mode where at the beginning he was so like negative about everything, right? He's like, we don't have to do this. We can just go back to Tommy's place and just live out the rest of our lives. We don't have to worry about this. And you know, that's when, you know, as you guys are saying, she went on her spiel of like, no, like she says specifically to like, I didn't do these things or something. I don't remember the exact quote, but like, I didn't do all this for nothing. So we have to see this through. But then what I think is interesting, she says, I'll follow you anywhere. Um, so like, yeah, what, yeah, when it's over, I'll yeah. follow you anywhere. So um, I, I think that was her way of saying, like, I love you too. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I see you like a father. We're in this together now. Like, we can't be separated now. Um, but she wouldn't, it's not like her to just say that. So. Yeah, I think you're right on that one. I mean, and plus I think too, the burden of it is like, it was either that scene or the scene after she's like, when I said that this wasn't the first time I've shot someone, she's like, it started with Riley and then it, and then Tess. And then she starts to say the rest of the names. And then Joe's like, no, 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 you don't, you don't need to put that on yourself kind of thing. Um, and I think that's really telling about like what, like you, she has to see the conclusion. Otherwise it's like all those people were lost for no reason. I think that I should point out that I complain about not getting a conclusion to that episode, the episode with her and with, Riley. Right. Right. And now it makes sense because now they reveal it through what exactly happened as in a confession of hers to to um joel and i'm like oh okay well <laughs> and, and, they, and they built up to it too right because joel brought it up after she saved him in memphis or kansas city kansas city i don't know why i thought memphis what the hell <laughs> same thing <laughs> random city that just popped in my brain um and he's like you shouldn't have had to do that you're too young to have to kill someone and she's like, that wasn't the first time. And then they never bring it up. Yeah. After that, flashback happens. And you're like, oh, I see what happened here. But you still don't get the emotional impact until now, you know, the sunsetting of the of the entire journey. And now we get to see, okay, now we realize why this hurts. Or it feels like it has more weight, I guess. Yeah. It's like the feeling like she was like drained too. Like I feel like she, like I think once all he was, I don't remember which one of you two said it, but um, the last time it was like a uh, coming of age story for her, but like in the negative way. <laughs> yeah, in, in, in not a yeah, good way. Yeah. <laughs> so she's like faced with like, she's changed forever from that. Like she'll never go back to kind of that just completely playful, you know, 14 year old girl. She's like, okay, I just went through probably one of the most traumatic things in that world, right? It can only... You can only imagine that that might not be the only thing, but super traumatic thing at a young age. And then being faced with like 
having to keep going or Joel's now noticing like, okay, let me try to uplift her. Look at this giraffe. And it's like, um, I, I wonder if you guys noticed anything with this, but I felt like her reaction to the giraffe, like it was excited, but it was weird in a way. Not like the acting or writing or anything, but like just for the for Ellie, the character, it was like it wasn't childlike, like her reaction. You know what I mean? Hmm. Uh, yeah. Like, it felt almost like escapism. Yeah. Right. Like she's trying, like, here's this awkward moment that we're in. And now she's running from, she's literally running from Joel and like trying to get out of that moment in some sense. And then she's like fixated on these giraffes um, in that way. And I mean, who wouldn't be to some degree, but I get what you're saying. Mm. Like it's something here is like, it's not that this is a so sincere of a fascination with what's happening as much as it's an excuse to get out of the discomfort. Right. Yeah, and that's exactly. Yeah, and I felt like like the entire episode up until that point, Joel was trying to break through to her, and it wasn't until after the giraffe stuff, and he's like, you know what I could use right now? Shitty puns. And then, then she gets like old Ellie shows up for that little bit. Um, you know, it's, it's like he was trying every way he could like break through to her to like kind of get out of her own head, I guess. Um, and it would never was working, obviously, up until that point. And she like even and she's like almost like she doesn't even have words to like describe what it is that she's feeling. She just kind of, I guess, lost in some sense. Yeah. And ima- I mean, just imagine that though. And how yeah. like okay, the world is <laughs> not realistic in this sense, but like imagine what she just went through being 14 and then having to process all that, but then be like, oh no, we have to keep going for this original plan we set. Like you kind of have to get over it in a way. <laughs> we got to keep going. Um, <laughs> get over it sounds like such a simple, yeah. <laughs> simple summarization. Just, you know, keep on right. going. So yeah, I definitely agree with that. It's it's a it's a fine line to walk, honestly. So we're right there. We're right at the very end. Yeah. Then she goes and he gets knocked the fuck yeah, out. He gets, <laughs> he gets concussed. Dude, when he got butt stocked, I was like, dude, you didn't have to do that. Oh, that's a traumatic break. Right. That's why he did everything. He was still he was concussed. He wasn't aware of what he was doing. <laughs> His head was still yeah. the whole time. Look at him. He's like halfway to being an NFL player. <laughs> yeah, that was all the CTE. That's what that was. It was. <laughs> um, I thought this was this scene though was really like how they. I was worried. I was like, how are they gonna like get to the the Firefly stuff? Because I honestly don't remember too much how it happened in the game anymore. Um, again, it's just too long ago. But I. Do remember the hospital very vi- very vividly. Um, but I think ending a conversation with Marlene. Was she even there in the game? Do you remember yeah. Jordan? I don't think she was yeah. she there. Okay. Yeah. I thought this this was su- super well done. Um, and then just kind of you get to see badass Joel, um, kind of one last time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so, I mean, I was having chills at this part. Cause you, I mean, we knew what's coming. Joe, I can't remember if you said you oh, yeah. watched this before. Yeah, I, I knew what the ending was. Okay, word, yeah. word. Uh, I'm sure you watched the cinematics because it's effectively just the cinematic. <laughs> but it's like I'll never forget playing that 
because I feel like that was just like, like, fuck, what am I doing? Like, what do you have to do? Right. But you have to do it. It's the game. But like this, that moral question is just sitting there as you're going through the hospital doing this. Um, so as this was leading up, I was getting chilled. I was like, all right, here we go. Here it is. Um, time to lock it right. And so when it, when it starts, cause you know, he, he and Marlene have their conversation, which is, you know, all good and stuff. And I think the, the key thing there is that Marlene realizes that's not the same person that she left Ellie with however many months yeah. ago. She's like, oh, okay, Jill's different. He doesn't care about anyone now. He's saying, like, not her. Get someone else type shit. Um, so I feel like that's the thing that she's like, okay, get him out of here because it's not going to go well, right? So... Yeah, but I feel like she messed up though in her little monologue. She's like, "We'll drop you off on the highway and leave you with a backpack." I'm like, and she, but she opens it saying, "You're the last person I want to be indebted to." And it's like, well, if you don't want to be indebted to this guy, you should probably just put a bullet in his brain now because <laughs> this guy's gonna come after you one way or the other if if he decides he needs yeah. to. <laughs> but see, I think Marlene Marlene wouldn't do that. At least my understanding of her it seemed like she had a she had a heart, like. He can make yeah, tough decisions, but she wasn't a bad person or an evil person, but she just would do what needs to be done. So she, she wasn't heartless to Joel. I think she's like, I understand because we, we skipped this part, but the very beginning. I know I'm just going to bring it up when we had a point to interject because I was like, oh my God, we're going to get excited. <laughs> <laughs> With Ellie's mom, Anna, your name is. Sandra. Anna. So, yeah. um, and who was, who plays Ellie in the game, that actress? Which was dope. I'm so glad yeah. I did that. And like when you hear her voice, I was like, oh shit. Like, it sounds just like crazy. the first time I heard it, I'm like, I'm seeing Ellie right now and this is yeah. weird. Oh, that was crazy. <laughs> um, but that scene was cool. And, you know, at the end, you see the uh, relationship Marlene has with Ellie's mom. And you can kind of see that's like, okay, Marlene will do what has to be done, but she doesn't necessarily want to, but she'll do you. So she has to, you know what I mean? She, has to take her best friend's life because she's going to turn. And she's begging her to. She doesn't want to, but she's like, fuck, I'll just put on a face and get it done, right? And then having to take Ellie and make the decision and say she's going to be safer with my enemy, Bedra. And she makes a hard decision, but it's the right one in the long term. So, like, that's her character. So when it comes to Joel, she's like, well, I'm not going to just kill you because you might be a threat later because I understand where you are, but you need to go. And if you overstep then we will put a bullet in you he doesn't yeah. get a chance I can see. Yeah. And I, you know what's funny is that i actually didn't put that piece together that she did give up ellie to fedra until right now i was like oh that's a good point she as a firefly she made the decision you're like nope she'll probably better off in fedra for a little while and then she can make the decision to join us later i mean i'm assuming that's their, her thought process yeah. but you, you know um yeah, it's interesting. Plus, it was just interesting to see. I, I don't remember Joe asked me about this too, but I don't think that was in the game at all. Like getting backstory on like Ellie's birth. I don't think so. I don't. Remember. I don't think so either. I think they did that to be totally honest. I think they did that to give um, the voice actress for Ellie, uh, Ashley Williams, I think her name Don is Ashley something Johnson. Um, she to give her. You know, I feel like they've done a really good job of giving all of the people who voice were the voice actors for the different characters their time to reprise a role in some connection to the to the actual on screen adaptation, which is, mm. I think, such a, a it's understated, but I think really important. I hope that becomes a thing 
down the road for video game adaptations to give people who are voice actors some sort of cameo. Kind of like how they did with Stan Lee. <laughs> but like now this is <laughs> but now this is like for people who are like, hey, you got to play the character first, but here's your are your little you know, not the right. head for you to be a part of this thing. Because it wouldn't be for those people who had never gotten made, right? That's true. <laughs> that whole scene definitely lends to the idea that Marlene is kind of a pragmatist. Yeah, right. The is. fact that she has to put on that face and shoot Ellie's mom and and you get the sense that like especially putting that in the last episode when again you see Marlene make the decision that yeah we'll sacrifice a child to save the world. It's like she's definitely the the weighing the options, making the choice and sticking to it, even if it's staggeringly uncomfortable. And I kind of I think that whole beginning scene helps flush that out yeah her character i out. mean to be honest i think if all things were equal i don't think i could come to the same conclusion mark marlene i wanted to know you know um <laughs> what the likelihood was like because i thought I, I might be remembering this wrong but i thought that in the game it felt more ambiguous right yeah i thought that they had said that they tried it before like i thought mm -hmm. but maybe i'm wrong about this yeah do you remember jordan i i gotta catch up to the end of the game to me, it felt like it wasn't a done deal that Ellie would lead to a cure. It was more of like, we'll run a test. We, we're going to have to sacrifice her one way or the other. Yeah. But we don't know if this will lead to anything. Yeah. Kind of I, I don't remember specifically. What I had remembered is that I thought they were like, we don't know if it will work. But this is the only time right. we had this opportunity, so we can't pass it up. But you yeah. might be right. Maybe they said we tried it before. It didn't work, but we have to try again. I don't. It's it's been so long. It's you know, like a decade <laughs> since I last played it, probably. So um all I know is I remember really because of the I guess it's just mostly because of the journey and the driver's seat that you're in, like really siding remember feeling like siding with Joel, even though it's morally ambiguous, that taking the action that Joel did, you felt like it was righteous in some sense. Like, felt like the right thing to do. That's fucking interesting. I mean, this is the conversation this well, narrative provides, right? Because it's like, uh, you're not wrong to say that. But for me, I was like, fuck, is that the right? Is that the morally right? I feel like the morally right thing would be to do that. But, yeah. to... but like, looking at it from Joel's perspective, I was like, yeah, I'm with you on this one. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, we're going in locked and loaded. Like, not to say it's good for humanity, but good for the story as, like, from a singular human's perspective. Yeah. Um, I want to I want to get into this more. I just wanted to bring up one thing about this whole sequence with Joel going through the hospital and being a badass, right? Um, <laughs> and the the music that they chose was fucking perfect. Like it wasn't like quick cut action, you know, the typical music you think you'd hear. It was like very like sad almost like these deep violin strings and stuff like that i was like fuck man this is it sounds like they the tone yeah. is perfect here because it's stuff's just like Plus they like muted all the like sound effects too but like they punctuated the, the bullet sounds and you hear the casings drop after he would shoot so you, you would know it was like you could probably almost count this casing sound effects count how many people he dropped <laughs> dude it's like i feel like it was perfect because we've been following joel so the i think most people would side with him because you know you watch any show with the anti-hero right I'm, I'm watching sopranos currently jody your recommendation uh, i'm watching <laughs> and, uh, and like with breaking bad you're always rooting for these people but they're not good people because that's the perspective mm -hmm. you see so with joel i think the way they did the music and how they shot this it 
you're rooting for him, but you feel bad rooting for him. And I feel like the tone of the music adds to that. Where you're like, fuck, I know this is like an evil, fucked up thing. That's like people are crawling away from him by putting their hands up. He's like, this is why he doesn't care. You know what I'm saying? Like, fuck, I don't know. I was just like, this is crazy. It's really heavy. Like, I think it feels more heavy in the show than it does in the game. And yeah, I think that that whole scene felt, it was pretty dark. And you, you really get the sense that he's, he really is like indifferent to their suffering, right? He's just, there's only like two times in the show where you see him go full old school Joel and you, and it's like, it's the time it's both times when he's trying to get to Ellie. It's, it's the first time when she's on her own captured by the cannibals and then, Oh yeah. And then this time, and he's just like, Nope, that's it. And you could, you could probably still count the interaction too, when he's held at gunpoint from a guard. And he goes primal and yeah. he's about oh, a death. Yeah. It's interesting too, because like seeing that, it's even with like with the doctor. Yeah. The doctor I think sells it. Oh yeah. <laughs> like the doctor grabs, literally brings a knife to a gunfight <laughs> and just gets rocked. It's like like if, the thing too is like if this was written in any other like generic interaction, like confrontation at the end, it would have been written like the Kathleen thing. Where she's doing her stupid monologue, yeah. But in this sense, because it's it's punctuated by the like, nope, Joel's at the end of his rope. He's just like, yeah, we're not about this. Right. <laughs> There's no second chances here. There's no- right. <laughs> the only thing that's relevant is saving is whatever will help him save her, and the human suffering that happens, and life and death, and moral questions, and even in fact, the chance that the entire world could be saved is irrelevant to yeah. and it just shows it totally shows so i guess let's act. i do i'm curious what you guys think of the morality behind this part right so i feel like we should just get into it um but before yeah. that i listened to the the hbl podcast yesterday and prepped for, for this yeah, episode for this today i just wanted to hear what they had to say and one thing that really stuck out i, I think it was troy baker who played joel in the game said um uh, I might butcher exactly what it was, but I think he's from Israel, right? Something like that. And he was talking to his dad during like the height of this politics that were going on back when he was younger, right? And um, there was a prisoner of war, a single soldier, and the government like traded that soldier to bring him back for like hundreds of criminals that whatever this other country wanted. And like these people had done some really terrible stuff, right? But they made the trade. And he asked his dad, like, what do you think? Is that the right thing or the wrong thing? And his dad answered, are you asking me as a prime minister? Are you asking me as the soldier's father? And I'm like, fuck, that literally explained. And he said, that's what I feel like with this part with Dole. Like, you know, and the the show articulates, you see at the beginning, he, you know, he has his daughter, he Mm -hmm. loses her. And then we go on this journey where he's spending all his time, not only protecting this girl, to get her to the end goal. So he has this habit of already trying to protect her, keep her safe, but then also growing closer. Now that is effectively his daughter. And now it's supposed to be like, okay, give her up. How? It's how would he do? He's like, I don't know. What do you think? It's like, you know, like, this is like, you can't do that now. Um, right. It's like, you're asking for the impossible. It's like, okay, now cut off your hand. Right. Like, 
like, I mean, and to some degree, right? Like oh. if you're a parent, that would be like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I thought that this was, it's, it like go, pushes it even farther. Cause it's not just that he's her dad. It's that he's her dad, right? She, on one hand, he has a daughter. And on the other hand, he has a world. How much is the world worth? But everything that he's gone through, everything that he's seen people do, all of the things that have happened to Ellie and the state of this world and the state of people, right? It's, it's never really the clickers and so on that are quite so much the danger. It's the fact that people are horrendous. And so he sees all the horrible things that people do and he's asked to get up, give up his daughter for their sake. No, <laughs> it's not going to happen. It's kind of a fair point. You know, it's all these raiders and these scavengers, you know, how many Marlenes are in the world, right? And it's like, you're going to, you're going to make the bet that those people aren't going to do horrendous things or how many, um, was it David? Yeah. Last uh, episode. Yeah. From the last episode, it's like, okay, for every, for every Marlene in the world, who's like a decent pragmatist who can be the prime minister in your example, about uh, how many of them are going to be the Davids or the Kathleen's of the world who are going to just grab power and can try to control with an iron fist. Or yeah. for whatever misguided reason they have, and even even this, what would be good people, right? The these revolutionaries that are taking over from Fedra and all this are just as horrendous when when push comes to shove. It's like when they get their chance, then they do the yeah. same damn thing. And it's like he gets to watch that. He gets to see people go cannibalistic. He gets to see um, the guy who killed his daughter when she wasn't even bitten. Right, right, without a question, follow, right, following orders, and he just gets to see the worst of all of it, and well, of course he's going to protect his his daughter. At least he has something to hope for, which is her, because you know she's a young girl, right? At least she's like, well, maybe she could have a better life than I did. Yeah, and he's not going to fail again. Like, then his eyes yeah. probably <laughs> like, the I lost my daughter before, and I was helpless. I'm not doing that again. You guys aren't going to take her from me but this time he had the gun right like at this time he can he had the skills and the ability to right the wrong i guess in some sense it's not even writing a wrong it's more of like it's like a second chance and so that just leads to like but is that the right thing to do <laughs> and i don't i don't think there's a right answer i don't know if anyone could sit here and be like this is like no fucking if you're in that position again are you asking me as this person or this person i don't know like I right it's i think what makes it even more morally great too is that it, is that they set it up well that ellie have said the other way um you know what i mean like ellie would have said no you should have sacrificed me for that but you as the audience almost can't bring yourself to agree with that because you don't want you don't want that to be the end right <laughs> like it feels wrong at least to me it feels wrong that you should sacrifice a 14 year old girl to save the world i don't know why and she didn't she didn't get to speak for herself on that yes that's another part right important thing. and it like there was at no point where they just put her under and when she woke up she was like drugs what do you mean drugs like they gave me drugs what the hell like there's no point at which somebody asked her if she's willing to make that sacrifice. Marlene made that decision for her and yeah. then implied that she would have made the same choice to Joel, who seemed to agree. But that doesn't I'm sorry, I don't care if you both have agreed that that's what she would do. Did you ask? And if you were so confident that that's what she would have done, what's the harm in asking? 
right? If you're yeah. so, you would have gotten the same outcome and you would have gotten her consent for the situation. But I can't help but think that the fact that they withheld the question at all means that they, there was some doubt and that they didn't want to know what her answer would be. That's fair. But do you think, I think it would have been, do you think Joel though would have been like, all right, I feel like he still would have been like, nah, dude, we're, I don't care what your decision is. I still think he would have, I think Joel still would have said no, but I think if Ellie was, had, was conscious and able to, like, they were sitting in a room with maybe her and Marlene with no guns present, there could have been a conversation. This yeah. is totally speculation. And if but, there was a goodbye moment. Yes. I think uh, the reason I don't believe he would have is because then I think he would have told her the truth. The fact that he lied at the end to her when she's like, is that, I feel like she knew. She's like, dude, you're fucking lying. That's not what happened. I felt she knew. She rolled over. Yeah. She's like, that's not what fucking happened. I just know you're full of shit right now. I've seen you. I know you. That's not what fucking happened. So she straight up asks him, are you telling me the truth? Swear. And he looks her eyes and swears. He goes, okay. And I feel like that okay was kind of like, I'm going to just, I don't believe you, but I have to. Like, I have to force myself to believe you. I think the reason he lied is because he knew that she would have wanted to. And I think that's where the Sam element comes in, where she tried to save Sam before. And I feel like she has this, she had this motivation to do something bigger to, to the world, to like mean something, right? To help. And um, you hear that when she's like, everyone I get close to dies. I feel like she wants, her motivation seems like she wants to save people, right? She wants to be the hero, right? She did that with Sam, as naive as it was. But she was just clinging on to anything she could. Let me rub my blood against his and maybe it'll work. Um, so true, they should have asked her. But I, I felt like it was clear that she would have been like, yeah, do it. Do what you have to do. And Joel is like, I'm not going to. No, not losing another. It was like, like that door, that door is locked. Yeah, in. Don't, I don't, he's, he's like, I don't care. I'm your father. I don't care what you said. I mean, I don't care. Uh, but I don't know. I mean, that, I mean, that's what Lee saw this, right? Because like on their hands, they didn't ask her. Joel made the decision. It's, it's so much that's like, uh, it's all fucked up, but you can understand every aspect of it. <laughs> like, yeah. It's hard. I it's I can't really I can't quite put my finger on it, but there's something kind of foundational about the decision that he made. It's like it's like society is built in concentric circles. Like you have really close relationships and these people that you'll go to bat for, your top 5 friends, and these people you're that you were loyal till the end to. And then you have a group outside of that and you use the same um, structures, the same psychological structures that you use for those five people that are this kind of attachment, this kind of tracking of who a person is and caring about them. And it grows in response to these five people. And then you can incorporate in a larger number outside that, another concentric circle that are friends, but not quite so close. And then a larger concentric circle that are acquaintances and a larger that's maybe just outside of that. Right. And so it's like in order to have an, a society at all, one that can organize itself, you seem to have to start with the simple one-to-one -one connection with another human being. And it's from there that you have the opportunity to build up something more, right? But you can't sacrifice the, the importance of caring about another individual, right? In that really intimate and close way and still expect to have, be able to have a society, hmm. right? Because 
it's like that if you can't do it it's like that's the thing that's that's the magic trick to get all the rest of it to work together and to for joel to choose ellie over the world in some sense an impossible equation to solve it's almost like he's <laughs> making the right choice in that he's deciding to preserve a real connection with somebody over a bunch of abstract pseudo connections that to two people he knows nothing about who don't don't know anything about him they probably don't like each other there's no organization amongst humanity anymore right there's no governments to speak of right it's <laughs> it's not like we're we're deciding as a society that we want to perpet we want to continue that we that we've established something good in the wake of a horror and that we're looking out for each other and we've decided somebody's made a sacrifice for people that they know and they care about and for ideals that mean more to them than their own life it's mm -hmm. like all none of that's there it's like there's not even any guarantee that people being cured or free from the this scourge would actually go back to being normal again, especially given all the things that all these people have done that we've had the unfortunate time to witness. So I can't help I can't my gut feeling is that Joel is right. Yeah. I think it what you're striking on too. The parable of uh if you've heard of it, Jordan, it's me against my brother and then me and my me and my brother against my cousins, and then me and my brother and my cousins against the world. Mm. That's the foundation that all of us follow in what like we find meaningful in the world. And you basically just keep extrapolating out so that the me and my cousins and my brothers against the world is the United States versus the world or whatever bigger group you <clears throat> you you apply that to. And I think you're I think that's right. Because it's almost like you're telling Joel to sacrifice the person he cares most the world and like how do you make him make that leap meaningfully yeah yeah what's more important and it's like you can have the aspirational goal of reestablishing a society in these and um self-sacrifice and these things for it and i think that those are real and incredibly important but you're put i mean this is almost a counterpoint myself <laughs> it's like what's more important the foundation or the aspiration i'm not sure maybe if the aspiration moves off in a direction that's too idealistic, that it becomes utopian, that it's so disconnected from the present moment that that that, that just not going to happen. This is an unrealistic, unrealistic aspirational goal. Then you sacrifice that utopian dream for something concrete and foundational. Yeah, but maybe only that. I yeah, I agree with that a hundred percent. Especially articulated that way, that makes so much sense. And I think most people would probably well. But I feel like most people would probably <laughs> agree with that because that makes that makes sense. Because again, are you asking me as the father or the prime minister, right? Like, who is this person to me? If I'm sure we can all say if that was our daughter or someone like that. Granted, we might not have the skill set, but we would probably hope to do something similar. Be like, no, you're not. Get someone else, not her. You know what I mean? So I think that's correct, and I think that's why, as hard a pill it is to swallow when we're watching Joel do this we're not choking right like we can we get it it's like okay you're going through this it makes sense um but it's just like kind of what you're saying at the end there Joel it's like as right as that is isn't that where um and this is me being more devil's advocate than anything but like where morality and like this higher kind of ideal comes in that like people need to have that it's like if at every point people chose went that direction you know what i mean at what point does someone say like i have to be 
the sacrificial lamb or some the martyr or something like that to do something for the sake of everyone because most people probably wouldn't that makes sense so it's like when is it fuck i have to sacrifice this as much as this fucking pains me but it will make the world better even if the world objectively kind of sucks but it's like it only sucks if we continue to perpetuate and suck you know what i mean like if y'all keep doing it it's gonna keep sucking until someone stands up and says i'm breaking that cycle to go a different direction yeah right and you can be go full christian on this that's what i was thinking and say that you can perhaps your self-sacrifice inspires a civilization to improve itself and it's something like the idea that idea very christian idea it's like okay the world was pretty horrible two thousand years ago and the and apparently jesus was willing to sacrifice himself for people as the tradition states and it's like okay i don't know <laughs> and I'm not yeah. maybe maybe it's just that joel wasn't that guy <laughs> This given Joel's unique life experience, he, you know, he got his one little ray of hope that he latched onto. He's like, nope, not this yeah. time. <laughs> Jeez. You know, maybe there's another story to write here. And who who is that guy who's going to, you know, get people to snap out of their primal urges? <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. What does it take to reconstitute a society in the midst of chaos? Right. What an interesting story that would be. I can't imagine that. Aligning with this present moment at all. <laughs> it's almost like there's a reason why we, we latch, on, latch on to this story so hard. <laughs> I, I love it. I love this conversation. The story brings us, and it's like we're all right. I don't think anyone's wrong. Like we're all right. It's just, I don't know what the right answer is. Yeah, it's just yeah. complicated. It's all just gray, and it depends on what where you stand in the, in the story, and in, from your own perspective, you'd make a different decision. You know, it's like you could even play this in a different way. It's like, what if Tess was still alive? What would she say? And it's almost like, would she try to talk Joel off the edge and be like, no, you have to let her go? Because I think she would, honestly. Yeah, that's actually a good point. Like so many factors might have changed it, but it's like, that's what he had. It was, you know, he had to be faced with that decision. And he's like, yeah, nah, not going to do that. Not good. <laughs> um, Ah, fuck it's so heavy i was just like it's really yeah. heavy in the fact that he lies at the end yeah i know i don't i was mad that he lied at the end i was like god yeah. damn it joel that's the one that? part i'm like yeah i think he's fucked up he should have told her the truth but then that would ruin then he would lose her in a different way so it's like you lose her physically she's not here but if he tells her the truth i think he knows she's gonna be pissed and she might be like i'll never talk to you again and then he still loses her so he was like, I'm maintaining this. I don't care. He's like, we're, we're good. We went through all of this. We're good. Right. It, it is sort of selfish. Yeah. It's interesting. It's part of what makes it the whole thing an interesting story is that this is a complicated character. Because he makes real human decisions. Because he, he makes mistakes. Because if he made the right, like if he, if he felt and like played this perfectly, it wouldn't be interesting. <laughs> You would know it would be fake. It would be bullshit. Like you'd right. know. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's more human this way. Yeah. Which is scary. This is a more... But you're right. I mean, you're, you're really right. Because I feel like if you ask, especially any father or parent, they would probably be like, yeah, I would have done the same thing. I can imagine. Yeah. Um, but then... Yeah, it'd be very a very tough yeah. sell. But... 
this is what, so this ending specifically, we, we won't, we're not going to talk about it, right? Cause we can't, but is why I love the second one so much, like favorite game, hands down the story I thought was amazing. Um, I can't wait till we can get into the second right. one. We might need to do a separate podcast, I, like just talking about the second game because, or should we wait for the season? It's either, I mean, yeah. either way, we can just talk about the game and see how they how they will adapt it to the to the show eventually. Because I think there's enough to talk about, even just because it's such a even to this day, there's so many people I've been seeing who just say num part two or Last of Us two is just they don't like it. It was so divisive from the fans. Like its ending was divisive, but the entirety of game two is divisive. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I, I love this. So I'm really, I'm excited to get there. Like really excited to be like, I just want to see how this plays, but um, yeah. And to talk about it. Cause I think the story the whole way through is really like this conversation we're having now to me is the entirety of the second story. Oh yeah. yeah. It just turned up the ambiguity level to like, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I, I love it. Um, man, that was a fun photo to watch, wow. dude. I was just like. <laughs> I was so impressed. Oh, yeah. It was really good. Plus, they do the traditional, you know, letting you deal with Joel's, like, just going in there, like, taking everybody out. And just, like like you said, even people who are, like, surrendering. And he's like, nope. I think the only people he left alive were the two nurses. Yeah, at the end. That was it. Which I don't know why he did that because he went through I mean, maybe because they don't have weapons or something. But like if you, it's like if you, because he says it to Marlene, it's like if you if you know she's alive, you'll come after her. And I'm like, your logic, this is the only, like one of my only minor gripes. I'm like the logic there didn't compute because then if that was the case, you would have made sure everyone was dead because then everyone doesn't knows Ellie doesn't exist. Yeah, I mean presumably the nurses weren't gonna start hunting him down. Yeah. True, but the, they can still tell other people. Part of Firefly, or what is this? What's gonna? This is season or <laughs> season two coming. Is it? <laughs> you left the nursing alive, Joel. I, have, I don't want to say <laughs> nothing. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> we, we can't yeah, say. <laughs> Not that it. Yeah, I just. Nah, I can't. You don't want to say it. I don't want to accidentally yeah, yeah. say something I shouldn't say. You know what I'm saying? Agreed. So we'll just... But overall, what, it, what what were final assessments of the entirety of the season? Okay, I'll, I'll jump off. So I loved the whole show. Like top level, loved it, right? Very, very minor critiques. And it is more personal, like uh, preference, I guess. Where the biggest one that I felt the whole time was that the infected didn't seem as much of a threat. It felt like kind of this afterthought almost. Like, it yeah. felt like the world progressed so much that I was like, yeah, we're not really worried about the infected. Like, you know what I mean? We're worried about other people more, which that might have been what they're trying to get across in a lot of ways. But it was like after the, the Horde and whatever, episode four, maybe whatever it was, went with Sam and Henry and Christine yeah, with the bloater. Every time you saw infected, it was like one. You know what I mean? It was like there might have been three episodes after that point that you saw one infected. Um, and I, I just, for me to like elevate the stakes, 
personally, I felt like if you had this real fear that like at any moment a horde should come through and like when they do come through, it's more, it's not like, oh, we just have to fight off this one. It's like, if they come, we're fucked. So it's like this constant fear, you know what I'm saying? Where I feel like that was missed in, you know, to highlight that is like the interaction with these people and like what love means and like the both sides of love, like the beautiful side of it. And then this ugly side that, or maybe it's not ugly, more this morally ambiguous side that can lead someone to murder everyone in a hospital who's trying to save the world. Um, I feel like they were like focusing more on that where I'm hoping in season two, they'll bring in more of a threat, like an ominous continuous threat of the infected. Um, yeah. That was my biggest one. And the next critique after that would just be, this is more of a production business kind of critique. I just wish there was more time to see a little more development with Joel and Ellie. I feel like that three month area, I would have liked to see some more there just because it seemed like, okay, we get what's happening. We get that they're growing closer, but it just seemed the pacing was like quick in that. But like we had two episodes, at least two, I guess you can say the first episode, the third episode, and then Ellie's flashback weren't even about Joel and Ellie growing together. So we really only had six episodes with them showing their, their growth. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and I was just like, it would have been cool to see a little bit more tension at the beginning and then like things that are bringing, like forcing them to come together more. But all that's personal stuff. It's not like, yeah. I mean, it's like, it's, it's really a pacing thing, right? Cause it's like, if you're really trying to hammer home the story of Joel and Ellie, it's like, stop pumping the brakes after like episode one, two happens. Then it's like, oh, wait, interlude, go learn about Bill and Frank. And then two more episodes, but like half of one episode is you learn about Sam and Henry. Okay. And then, and then Joel's dying. And then it's like, wait, we got to go tell Ellie's backstory real quick. And, but, but Joel's dying. What do you mean? Like, <laughs> like, like they kept doing this like back and forth, which, um, I totally agree with you. Like I told Joe this yesterday. I was like, I wish they would have had like one episode that was more like a game where you're hiding from the infected or trying to like stealth your way through and putting traps up or. Just something more to like, okay, this is how you survive in this insane world. And like, here's the stakes of not only just the humans, because they've already kind of done that, but like, here's what it's like to navigate the infected in this world. Um, if it, Especially because it's like, well, if Ellie's supposed to save the world and make a vaccine for the infected, well, maybe we should show the infected a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. That's a really yeah. good point. <laughs> at least like you got to prove the stakes and be like, you, you, anytime you step out of somewhere that's not Fedra controlled, you're the odds of you coming back alive is basically zero at least that's what it feels like but at least that's the impression i get and maybe that's because i'm projecting because i know the game because that's what they make it very apparent with the game especially because they have the spore mechanic and things like that that make more sense in the game world which we highlighted um and that's obviously limitations of translating a content from a video game to a to an on-script drama right (laughs) Having voiceless, nameless, faceless hordes of zombies is probably not the most exciting dialogue. Right. 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 (laughs) Yeah, I kind of see, we were talking about this a bit before, I kind of feel like there were two voices writing this. And that they're in competition with each other. Yeah, we thought that Neil and Craig kind of had two interpretations of what they wanted to tell the story. And it seemed to me, and I can't know for sure, I never will, 
but it seems to me like one of them is focused on um sort of the almost a business side of it and like what looks what looks good what will work with the critics um what what can we do this feasible maybe i don't know and then the other one was much more focused on the story really just the story like the and, story of Joel and Ellie, not just right, and understood it, and in the way that um, that Craig Mazin responds at the end of like the, the episode, the right, episode of- behind the scenes episode where he's talking about, and he breaks into tears when he's talking about the relationship between Ellie and Joel. I can't help but think that he got it, he got the story, and as we were reading an article earlier, he'd played the game like a dozen times. Yeah like all the way through. So he's obsessed with this. He, he understood the story. And I, I think some of the best parts that really deal with their relationship are coming out of him. And that, what's the other guy's Neil, name? Neil Druckmann. Neil Druckmann. I can't help but think that Neil Druckmann was more of an obstacle to some of this than a help. And that the kind of, that some of the decisions that they made were just like, why are we doing this? Like, there's a better way to do this, but it, and I can't imagine that someone as skilled as even they, they collectively are, would have, couldn't have done better in certain areas had they not either been given the time or if they weren't wasting their time doing whatever the hell they were doing. It's, it's, it's strange. It's hard for me to pick apart exactly. I'm, I had the same, at least just judging by not only the writing that Craig Mason has done before in Chernobyl, um, but also I don't know. It's like weird that like you pick up on it on like the the post credits, like the making of the episodes. Every time I had the sense of like what Craig would highlight, I'm like, oh yeah, he's getting the character beats. Like that's the only way I can describe it. Um, and I, maybe he's just really good at character development and like understanding like what's going to be emotionally impactful for characters to and like audience resonate with. Um, and the only other thing I could say is that um, maybe part of it is just it's hard to step away from something like giving Druckmann a benefit of the doubt because he was the game director initially and co-creator of the last of us. So it's like, you know, to some degree, it's like, it's hard to let go of your babies. Almost like Joel. (laughs) I, um, that's interesting. I did not think of that at all. Um, that's really interesting. I, I took it as they both, I guess I didn't see it as like a business. Uh, one person was focused on this and story. I think they were both focused on story, but it was like, so you have the person who made it and just made this monumental thing that's great and everyone loves. And then someone else coming in and saying like, okay, let's bring it to this medium. And it's like the butting of heads of like, how do, not necessarily a butting of heads, but like having to figure out how to keep the heart, but make it work still. And I think where, I think Craig's influence was came up biggest in the episodes of Bill and Frank. Because I, I think that was, I think those deviations were Craig saying like, well, what if we did this? Like it was his idea to do the, the, the web idea that it's all connected. That was his idea to deviate from the spores and his idea to like go into the Bill and Frank thing. And he would be like, well, what if we like showed that? Um, where Neil might have been like, well, why? Let's do this. You know what I mean? And Craig was like, well, I think if we highlight, really get into like this idea of what love is, because I think that's what this show is about. I think it's about just really showing every aspect of love, right? Between two people. 
And so that foundational piece we're discussing, and then you build upon it, and that's how society can figure out how to work. I think they were like, we're going to figure out this foundation. And so I feel like that's where Craig excelled at being like, let's really, you know, get that point across. But it was at the sacrifice of maybe, I would imagine maybe Neil was like, well, this was a game and it was the horror game is like technically. Yeah. So like he, like, I feel like Craig was like, well, let's deviate from that. We can come back to that next season. Definitely was not a horror show. No, yeah, that's no. <laughs> I feel like I would forget sometimes, like, to be honest, that there was infected out there. I would like not even be thinking yeah. about it. Um, we're in the game. I don't think I stopped thinking about it because <laughs> like the high stress of those moments was so stressful. Like you're always thinking of the next time you have to deal with that. Uh, we're in yeah. the show. There's Plus, episodes. Like, I think in the game too, they do a better job of, of obviously because to some degree, but like the scarcity of supplies, the scarcity of ammo, the scarcity, you know, and I, I remember like, I don't know why I, like, I was fixating on watching the last episode again. I was like, Dick, He's got a, like a, two guns on him at all times. And I'm like, he's not really worried about, like they're just walking casually most of the time as if it's like there's not infected or scavengers that are going to try and jump out at you at any point. And it's like, at least in my head, is if everything went to shit, you'd be way less likely to be chill about it. Like you wouldn't be walking around with your garden not up most of the time. Yeah, we don't see any infected. In Salt Lake City, at the end there. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's just like there's fucking giraffes walking around, <laughs> right? <laughs> do the uh, do the infected not care about giraffes? Like, I don't know. Maybe that would have been cool to see like infected animals or something. Yeah, like, you know, the zoo gets taken over by the infected, and you got oh freaking God. lions or gorillas that <laughs> are. Oh, dude, infected like, like lion. Wouldn't that be terrifying? I don't know. That'd be dope to see that. I yeah. Just, <laughs> Who knows? I mean, you can explain it away. It wasn't, they don't go after other animals for whatever reason, yeah. but I don't know. Missed opportunity because they could have pulled an annihilation with, with the evil demon bear thing. Oh, that was... But they could have done the mycelium bear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's interesting. Though. That's an interesting idea. I really, I wonder, I don't think we'll ever know. We'll never know that. They get into it in the podcast a bit. They'll say like what they kind of, you know, differences, creative differences, I guess, but I don't think we'll ever know. No one's going to come on and be like, yeah, Neil, he wasn't out there. But that's an interesting point. I never thought of that, but I'm sure I'll rewatch this from start to finish again and see, you know, try to see if that maybe comes more. You'll definitely pick up on different things. That's for sure. Because I know I have like just rewatching certain episodes or certain parts. I'm like, I missed that. I'm like, there's something. (laughs) I wonder if if we could get a lick. Can we pull up um, who wrote what episodes? Like, I wonder if they co-wrote all of them together. No, they didn't. I'd be curious. Like, if I could, if I was spotting tonal differences in the way that they write. Yeah. I know there's a lot of, like, exact scenes taken from the game to the show. Like, they're, like, on a thing. Oh, oh yeah. That was, that was very yeah. important. So, the first episode is co-written by the two. Craig Mazin wrote everything else. Oh. Except for episode seven. And then the last episode. Which one was seven? Seven was the Ellie Riley story. Okay. So seven was Okay, so I would have gotten that one right, but and then eight is all Craig, and then the last episode is both of them together. Hmm. One point almost over a million people have watched. The last three episodes got a million people to watch. 
Hmm. Starting and it started only at half a million or just over. It doubled its audience by the end. That crazy growth. <laughs> also, since we're talking about other things, there was already people who are so excited for the second season that they've started deep faking Pedro Pascal and uh, Bella Ramsey into the game. They've been putting her. They they really did three D photo scans and then doing all the cutscenes with their faces. Hmm. Oh, yeah, that's kind of cool. Yeah, Brave New World technology is getting wild, and it looks good too. Like they actually like match it to like the Sony style. Like it's not just like real photo reels faces; it's like match it to the game style. Huh. And then they just did face replacement. That's pretty dope. Yeah, <laughs> but nuts. This this franchise has gone to good places. I mean, we have the third game coming, part three. I don't know when. We don't know that for sure. We don't know. I thought they're it's in production. I thought. I just saw an article about it, like literally a couple hours ago. Really? Yeah, so they said Neil Druckmann, they're, they're working on a new game at Sony or uh, Naughty Dog. Um, it's still up in the air whether or not they want to do part three. They, he's like, I acknowledge that the fans want a part three, but um, can't say what we're working on yet. They did say, though, that there is a multiplayer game based set in The Last of Us world coming. That's the next game that Naughty Dog will release. There will be a, the way two ends, there has to be a part three. It, that had, that would be weird as fuck. There it has to be. Has yeah, to be. It, it, it's not t- official yet, but I don't. He's like, it's like we're just waiting to see what we're passionate about, what what story we want to tell, and we're not going to try and force it just because the fans want. He's trying to be cute. He's trying to be cute with it. Those problems you're making it. Shut up. You know you're making it. <laughs> this ain't just a huge cash cow. Now he's getting all this money. This successful TV show. We don't know if we're doing a third game. Yes, you are. Let's go. We know business enough to know you can see, take it. See, this is why they canceled. This is why they canceled uh, Nathan Drake's after the the movie flop. Yeah, because yeah, because <laughs> the movie was awful. This is good though. Like, okay, we we we've done everything we could with that. We, yeah, we're not, come on, be real, Neil. We're not stupid. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, once I can't remember if you beat it or not. Um, it would. The way the first game ended, I wasn't sure they would make a second one because it seemed like I was like, yeah, it's a cool book. You don't really need to tell more story after the first one. Yeah, I'm going to be honest. I didn't think they were going to do another yeah. game after the first one because I, I thought they tied it up well enough that I'm like, I don't really think there's more to right. tell. That was like, I was happy. With. I was like, that's cool if that's it. I'm, I'm, fuck yeah, I was cool. But then they made a second one, which exceeded my expectations. And to end it there, I'd be like, you should. You might as well just left it at the first one then. I just, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, whatever. Uh, yeah. We'll see though. I hope there's a third game. I really hope so. Cause I'm curious. I'm curious where do we go. Honest. I'm not. I'm not sure. There's nothing that screams to me like exactly what. What more to say? Yeah. Cause then that would mean the show ends after this next season too. They got a lot of ground to cover in season two. I hope they have more episodes because they're yeah, going to need it. They're going to need it. Because <laughs> sure. I feel like they, I don't know how many hours the new, the second game is, but it, it feels long longer. Spot. Got like a lot. 40 hours. Cause it, cause they, that's what I thought. Okay. Because they say roughly game one is about 20 hours yeah. to play through. So they effectively cut 20 hours of gameplay into nine hours of content, which, I mean, if we are really being super honest, they put seven hours because you minus the two episodes that don't cover Joel and Ellie's story. Yeah. 
<laughs> seven hours of Joel and Ellie's story to to tell a 20-hour story that you play through, that's kind of a hard sell. I mean, we talk about books, talking about adapting a book to a movie is, is a hard yeah. sell. I think it's even more, it's almost harder to sell when something you're experiencing organically that you're in the driver's seat of. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. Don't envy the uh, the team making a script out of that. Yeah. <laughs> I would love it. I would love it. Be a, <laughs> I know that you would, would be a welcome difficulty. Like, uh, you know what I mean? I'd be so happy to be stressed about that. Like, <laughs> great. Um, like, oh no, I got to play by one of my favorite games of all time again to figure out how I'm going to adapt this to the screen. Yeah. yeah. Fuck yeah, dude. Anything. You're like, uh, I'm doing research for my job. Right. Um, that is one thing. Uh, I'll ask Joe Wenzel, you know, so can ask you, but Joe, where, where do you want the next season game to go? Where would you like to see it go? I'd like to see it go. Because I guess this is a great point just for anyone in the audience who doesn't know anything about the second game or minimal, because you know, Ellie's alive, you know, Joel is alive and you know, they're going to go meet up with Tommy and they're going to live in Jacksonville and you know, we can assume happy level after, right? Well, definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> no, tell him about it's all in Spanish. Joe wants Last of Us the musical. Yes, I'm in. There we go. We figured it out. Hugh Jackson can sing in it. <laughs> no, I think um, I think that they would have to deal with the consequences of Joel lying. I think that the fact that it ends on that note and that you know that it's not true and you kind of know that Ellie knows that it's not true means that there has to be reverberating consequences from that decision and that Joel will have to pay the Pied Piper and so will everyone else and that that's the way it's going to have to go. What do they say in Chernobyl? Every lie incurs a debt to the truth. Mm, I love that. That's so good. So good. I, it feels very fitting in this situation too. <laughs> it does yeah i mean that's yeah cool <laughs> you know, yeah, it's, 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 we cannot all i can say is that uh basically as soon as i finish the first game playthrough i'm gonna just start playing through game two again all the way through until hopefully that'll i mean I'll be done way before the season two is out but <laughs> yeah. we'll probably have to throw another podcast together talking about game two because i think it's I've come to appreciate The Last of Us more after I've found out more people talking about these kinds of like high level stories um, through YouTube and things like that. Like I didn't have a super, you know, I remember when game two came out, which wildly enough came out in 2020, which I really hmm. three years ago. No, wow. Doesn't feel like it came out only three years ago. It feels like it's been out way longer yeah. than that. Dude, 2020 doesn't even feel like three years yeah. ago. That's yeah. insane. It's yeah. bullshit. <laughs> it feels wild to say that, but I remember when it came out and it's like, I got a good portion of the way through, not all the way. And then all of a sudden, you know, you hear all the controversy, which I feel like that's just the internet and the world today. So everything yeah. just becomes a controversy bubble. And then it just like, because there was so much controversy, it, it like stopped people from being able to enjoy The Last of Us at all. Because as soon as you would t- like bring it up, people are like, oh, well, you know, the opinion, the, the top of brain opinion gets punched right on top and you can't yeah. even have a discussion about it anymore. You're like, 
Okay. Nice. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I'm glad we we got that out of the way. We got nowhere. <laughs> and now I feel like we've we've kind of like been able to brush that away. But there's there's a good portion of people, at least from what I've seen on the internet, reacting to this first season is like they're kind of holding their breath. And I'm like, I don't know. Let's just revel in the in in the ambiguity and it's like you're not everyone is supposed to like something it's like i feel like it's more interesting that it is is divisive in a non-political way i guess if that makes sense yeah it's morally ambiguous yes. and interesting that's part of what makes it so such a good such a better show than a politically divisive yeah. Right. Plus, yeah. i'm so tired of that yeah show. yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> like that i think that the show was good i think that with more time, they could have made it great. Yeah, that's fair. There's just a few things, you know, that they were right there. And maybe we'll get that in the second season. Maybe they'll have a different budget because they know it's a success. Maybe they'll have more time and leeway. Maybe even more writers that can come on because of the budget. I'd be interesting to, interested to see how the second season plays out. Yeah. Plus, they can, you know this, Jordan, because they can play with how they jump perspective in the second game a lot better. Yeah, that... In a I mean, where it's not as like the pacing doesn't get disrupted as much yeah. in the game when you can do this in film because you can have parallel storylines happening at once. I, I'm really excited to see how it looks, the changes they make, things like that. You know, I'm. Oh. I did see an article yesterday or the day before, maybe. What the heck did I do? Yeah, maybe it's time to like really zoom in. No, really get zoomed in on my face. Like you're gonna say something really profound. Profound. I guess I. Damn what's Please enlighten. your wisdom. They 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 told the story about how um they they said the infected are gonna have a more prominent or be shown more in season two. In season two. So that's kind of like, it seems like they're already acknowledging some of the shortfalls. Yes. Yeah. Is really what it comes That's the, It seemed intentional. It, did, it didn't seem like they forgot the infected. So it's like, oh shit, this is a, you know, a zombie story. Like, I feel like they, it was an intentional, like we have to deviate because this is the core of what we want to tell. And the second, the second game story, whatever, is a different story than this one, but it still has those moral, ambiguous, um, like elements uh so that was you know in the in the podcast they mentioned that i was like, i'm glad they said something because if they if that was like lost on them then i'd probably have a different perception of the season if it was an accident <laughs> that there were that many infected i'd be like well how do you short sight that you know what i mean like how do you but if it's an intentional thing then i can get on board with what their vision was and take it for that you know what i'm saying instead of like what i personally would have done or wanted to see Right. I heard one of the um, best, I forget where I heard this, but one of the best definitions of a gentleman is someone who never insults someone else on accident. Sure. I like that. And it's like that for a director, you know, who never makes this mistake on accident in some sense that whatever, even if you don't like it, it's an intentional move and that shows they're sort of that they're capable as a director. Yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah, that's. I think that's a good point. I, See, I like. I wish I would. We could have some of these conversations with like the writer and director, and be like, "So, so, give me a job." <laughs> Step one: Are you hiring? Step two: <laughs> 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 Yeah, 
Step two, I'll just be an infected. I'll, I won't even have to move. Like, I'll just put the guy <laughs> <through on. laughs> I'll do it. But yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll hold the light. <laughs> Whatever you need. I'll hold the light. It's going to be a grip. Dude, I would, I, if I was in an infected suit, I would have my, I'd turn my whole Instagram into me doing normal things as an infected <laughs> in the drive-thru. You're doing your makeup, but it's putting on your and dance class <laughs> as a <laughs> dance. Yeah, oh my god, just ah. <laughs> oh, it's amazing. Yeah, I mean, I don't really have any more to say. It didn't, I mean, it's just been fun to actually talk about a show that's not just I don't know. Put it best foot forward, I guess is the best way to put it. Yeah, a show that the creators care. They truly care yeah. about the story they're telling. Well, I guess it's that time to be continued with season two, whenever probably two years from now. 